Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and brings illumination. We lift our hands in surrender to you. We lift our hearts in, in acknowledgement of your goodness. And we say, may you take charge and take control over this service. Speak forth your word unto us, line upon line, precept upon precept. May we be blessed. The lady father, far back, what are you doing there? Can you get closer? Yes. Elizabeth, can you move a little closer? Let's, let's all be packed together. Amen. Amen. Today, I am sharing on a very important topic. Somebody say, very important. And I'm talking about spiritual fertilizers. <laughs> you know, fertilizers makes plants to grow well. Is that right? Okay. Now, about two months ago or so. Now, this is a month of um, sacrifice. You know, if you're growing your plants... It takes a lot of sacrifice, you know, to grow your plants. After you have planted your plant, there are still things you need to do in order to let your plant do well. Amen. Now, we learn from Isaiah 61 verse 3 that we are the planting of the Lord. Tell somebody, I'm the planting of the Lord. Okay. Now... Being the planting of the Lord, the first thing is that we said you, you have to abide in the Lord. Amen? So if you want to uh, do well, you need to abide in him. In John 15, 16, Jesus said, I have called you and ordained you that you should go and bear fruit. So God wants us to bear fruit. Amen? I've you are to bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Amen. Now, how does a plant bear fruit? And Jesus taught us in John 15, 4 to 6 that abide in me and I you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. So it's important for us to abide in the Lord. Amen. And then he continues to say, in the verse number five, that I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So in order to bear much fruit, you must be in the Lord and the Lord must be in you. Amen. And he said, without me, you can do nothing. You see, which means that this tells us that without God, we cannot be fruitful. And in the verse six, it continues, says that if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. So anybody who doesn't abide in Christ uh, and allow the word of Christ to abide in you, the person becomes cast off. And that's the reason why sometimes you see some Christians, because they are not abiding in, in the Lord, in the word, in fellowship, they are cut off. And they wither. But as for you, you are not going to wither. Amen. I say you will not wither. Amen. You will be strong. You will be fruitful. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, what do you do to stay and abide in him? Number one, we say you must stay by the rivers of water. Someone say stay by the rivers of water. Amen. 
Yeah, you must stay by the rivers of water. We have already established the fact that you are a tree of righteousness. And every tree has a place it will do well. Amen. Every tree. So you are the tree that needs, you only do well by the rivers of water. In Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3, it says that, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight in the, is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. They shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of what? water that brings forth fruit in his season. So you, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of what? water. So you must be planted by the rivers of water. It is when you are planted by the rivers of water, that is when the Bible says that he shall... That brings forth fruit in a season. So before you can bring, bring forth fruit, you must be planted like a tree by the rivers of water. That is when your leaf will not wither and whatsoever you do shall prosper. So if you want whatsoever you do to prosper, then you must be planted by the rivers of water. Are you understand what I'm teaching you? Hallelujah. Now what does it mean to be planted by the rivers of water? It means to be it means to be in a place where God, to be in a place where there is God's word. Someone say God's word. Amen. It means that you have to be a, in a place where you are being taught the word of God diligently, line upon line, and precept upon precept. Whereby you are meditating on the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's very important. That's why he says that his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. That is why you have to choose a church that is preaching the word of God. Listen to me. I believe in prophesying. By God's grace, God uses me a lot in prophesying. Some of you, a lot of you have not seen many aspects of my ministry. But those who travel with me, I mean, they, they, they see me. If a lot of the people in town that minister, they see me as a a very wild prophet. And I speak to them a lot of times. I see people and somebody say, what you came to my church, what you said about me, you, you spoke exactly th things about me and it has come to pass. But you see, and, 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 and you see miracles and all those things. But prophecy does not make you grow up. Are you getting me? Prophecies don't grow you up. It is the word of God that makes you grow up. That's why in First Peter 2, it says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. There are many people who sit under prophetic ministries but they don't grow. They are told, you, you, you'll be this, you'll be that, you'll be that, you have that, this is the color of your panties, this is the color of your, 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 the, uh, your you know, your singlet and whatever. But that doesn't bring forth growth. Amen. Are we learning something here? Hallelujah. So, having the word of God in us is very important so that you can grow. Tell somebody, grow in the word. Mm. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5, it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Look at it. Look at what P Peter told, uh, uh, sorry, Paul told Timothy. I charge you. He was charging him. He said, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus, who judge the living and the dead. It means that, Charlie, you are going to be 
A judgment is coming your way. And what have you got to do? Verse number 2 and 3, quickly. He says that, preach the word. Tell somebody, preach the word. Tell your friend, preach the word. He said, be preached the word. Be ready in season and out of season. It means that every Christian, you must be, you must be ready to preach the word of God to everybody at every point in time. That's why I do not expect any of my pastors when I tell you, come and preach. He said, I'm not ready. You should be willing and ready to preach at any time. Amen. It's like a doctor who says that, doctor, a patient has come. Say, I'm not ready for the patient. I'm not going to read about whatever. You must read all the time. And every Christian, you should, every Christian, you should have at least three messages all the time. One in front of your Bible, one in the middle of your Bible, one at the end of your Bible. So that at any point in time, when you are asked to give an exhortation or whatever, looking at the spiritual environment, you know what, what to be able to minister to the people. So when we come to church and I say that I call you that come and share something, you don't have to scratch your head. No more scratching. We should be able to call you 12 midnight. And when we call you 12 midnight, and you don't say, oh, well, you haven't given me time to prepare. You must be prepared all the time. Amen. You must be prepared all the time. You, you are blessed. As for me, my pastor, you don't even tell you anything. You go to the church. When you go to the church, the man is not there. The choir is singing for what you have to do. After the choir finishes singing and they sing another song, you, know, you now you must know that you must preach. And you are not going to open your mouth, bah, 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 because they believe in good word. So if you are in this church, if you are in this church, after three months to six months, you should be preaching. Preach the word. Be ready in season at all. Convince. Amen. He said convince. And he said what? Rebuke. That means I confront wrong things. Exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Verse 3. Oh, I'm just warming up in my teaching. Verse 3. Verse 3 and 4. Quickly. For the time will come. The reason why he was telling us is that the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Amen. But according to their own desires, because they will have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And these days, you find out that many people don't want to hear the word of God. We only attend meetings where we think that there are miracles. They are going to tell you, you know, they'll give you lot of numbers. They'll uh, uh, in places where lot of, we want to prosper. So even if they'll give us lot of numbers in the church, we will accept it. Amen. Yeah. But receiving lot of number will not let you grow us spiritually. But that is what we want. And we want magical performances in the church. Yeah. The pastor must come and do magic. What we say? That's magic. We are doing this. And the man, when he does something like that, your head will go this way. You know, hey! Charlie is a very wild person. He said the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That means that when you are giving them the sound doctrine, they will not enjoy it. So he told them, Timothy, you better let them teach them now. And you better let them get the sound doctrine. May you be sound in doctrine. Amen. And the verse 4. Read with me. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Amen. Amen. They'll be turned aside to what? Fables. Mommy, what's the meaning of fables? Fables. They will, they, they will be turned from the truth and turned aside to fables, stories, all kinds of funny things. So, like, when, as we come to church, there's, 
We come and you whoa, hey, we are singing. You know, and then and and then there are as your ministry, we are we are trying to cast out spirits from one or two demons, and the demons will be talking, and the, all the service is about one or two people that we are casting out demons from them. So what edification do you get? To tell what? Fictitious tales, stories, stories. But that is not what God has called us for. Verse 5. Verse 5. But watch thou in all things. Endure what? Afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Tell your friend, fulfill your ministry. Can they put this in off for me, please? Hallelujah. So the first thing is that stay by the rivers of water. That means that stay at, by the word of God. Someone say, stay by the word of God. That is why you have to be in a church where they preach the word of God. Stay with a church where the pastor can rebuke and reprove you when you err. Amen. Not when you err, the pastor cannot tell you. The pastor is not allowed. He should be able to tell you. Can I have an amen? Okay. I will visit that later. Number two. Are you there with me? Mm-hmm. Do you know that Jesus, Jesus was known as a rabbi? Yeah. Because he was always teaching the word of God. Amen. Jesus was called because he was a teacher. In Mark chapter 6 verse 34. Mark 6, 34. Bible says that, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. Mark 6, 34. He saw much people, and he was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them what? Many things. So, sheep must be taught what? Many things. Are we not spiritual sheep? So, we must be taught. Tell somebody we must be taught. And in Jeremiah three fifteen, he says, I'll give unto you pastors after my heart, who shall feed you? Pastor John, you are not writing anything. You are, eh? Okay. But have you written Jeremiah 3.50? You haven't written. Uh, when I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm looking at everybody. Uh-huh. And when we come to church, we must write. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He says that, and I'll give you what? Pastors or shepherds according to my heart. Now, the shepherds, according to God's heart, what do they do? They kick people. They beat people. What is their function? Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, that is the work of a pastor. I'm a pastor. My work and my calling is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Pastors, according to God's heart. A man of God after God's heart. Listen to me. Even if somebody calls himself, he has a ministry of a prophet, ministry of an evangelist, whatever the ministry is, his, his core work is to preach and to teach you. Now, who was a greater teacher than Jesus? Who was a, a greater apostle than Jesus? And a greater prophet than Jesus? And a greater pastor than Jesus? But the Bible says that Jesus taught. 
So you must be taught the word of God. You must desire. Every time it is time for service, your heart must be willing, must be willing and ready to be taught the word of God. And when you are receiving teaching, teaching means that you receive doctrine and it means that you receive correction. The work of a teacher is to instruct, is to train children. And in training them, they, they are instructed and they are also what? Corrected. Can I have an amen? Are we flowing together? Amen. Okay. Number, the second thing is stay connected to the church. We are talking about how you can be fruitful. Stay connected. Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. May you be planted. Amen. Amen. Remember that when a tree is not planted, it cannot bear fruit. And the Bible says that they shall still bring forth fruit in their old age. It means that when you are disconnected from the church, you do not bring forth fruit. You see, when a plant is uprooted from its source, from the soil, it withers. And the more a plant stays in a place and it matures, it grows to a certain mature, when you transplant it, there's a high degree that it will wither away. So people stay in a church for a long time and then something happens and they get angry and they, they move. When they move to other churches, they don't do well. As I have said, you watch it. They can be in the church. The church is booming. They, they are, and people are excited, but they themselves, they do not grow well because of the fact that that is not the place where they started growing. That is not the place which has, God has mandated for them to be. But offense took them out. And when you are a, a believer, you must learn to, how to deal with offenses. And the Bible says that when your brother offends you, offends you, go to him. Scripture, go to him, talk to him. When, if he doesn't, under, uh, he doesn't agree with you, talk to, to, to take two or three brethren. Is that not it? Then take it to the church. And if it is not solved, then you, it, can, it can be like a non-believer to you. Amen. But many of us, the moment something happens, but sometimes some of the things even you go through, they are like tests. God is testing you, you know, so that you become stronger. But the moment we go through a little fire, then we are jumping away. But God wants us to be planted. Tell somebody to be planted. Yeah. So, just like a tree needs the soil, so also you need the church. Tell somebody, you need the church. Yeah. And if you take, some people say, I'm very busy. Why didn't you come to church? I am busy. I'm this. I'm that. Listen to me. David was a king. But David, despite his busy schedule as a king of Israel, he prayed th three times a day and prayed seven times. He, went, he praised God seven times a day and thrice in a day he prayed. That means that ten times he was going in and out the temple. In other words, in a week, he went to the temple 70 times. How many times you come into the house of God? And that's the reason why in Psalm 81, verse 1 and 2 and verse 4, David said, how amiable are your tabernacles? That means how loving are your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. 
my soul longeth, yes, even fainted for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries for the living God. Psalm 81, verse 1 and 2 and verse 4. Listen, just as a tree withers outside Israel, David said, if he doesn't go to church, he, he will wither. That's why he said, my soul longer for the church. Hallelujah. My, Psalm 81. Jump to the verse number 4. Look at 84, let me see. Psalm 84. Yeah. Thank you. How loving is your... Let's read together. Maybe it's going to help us sometimes when you are preaching. This is a, a, a teaching service. Amen? How lovely is your tabernacle? So the house of God is what? Lovely. Some say it's lovely. Is this place not lovely? I sit in a place with uh, uh, something, the cover at the back. What's the name? Eh? Chair bags. At least the chair is quite comfortable. Nice carpet. But that is not even the most important thing. The fact that the presence of God is here. Amen. The presence of God is here. You see, one day, somebody, there was something that kept haunting the person. And the person ran towards the man of God. The moment the person ran towards the man of God, the, in fact, they were actually beasts. The beasts couldn't chase it. The beasts couldn't go to where the, the man of God was. The beasts left. Why? Because of the presence of God. That's why sometimes people have challenges and they run into the house of God. Why did they come to the house of God? Because of the presence of God. So as we come to church, the house of God is a place of divine intervention. So as we are sitting here, divine intervention is taking place. Some things are happening in your life. I said some things are happening in your life. God is working on your behalf. Verse 2 and 3. Verse 2. He said, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the court of the Lord. Do, does your heart long to come to the house of God? After Sunday, do you look forward that challenge? Wednesday should come. Wednesday should come. Quickly. Friday should come. I want other days that I will come and meet my brethren and feel excited. I want the days to come. Some of us is like, As we come to church, we, are, we come late and then we are in a hurry to run. So it's like some, some toast. So. <laughs> he said, my heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. That must become our portion. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Oh, glory to God. I said glory to God. Many Christians know what it is to go to church, but they don't know how to dwell in church. Tell somebody they learn to dwell in church. Mm. Verse 4. We say, blessed are they that dwell in the house. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. So if you dwell in the house of God, you'll be blessed. May you be blessed as you dwell. Hallelujah. And that's why David said in Psalm 84, verse 10, the verse number 10, verse number 10, Psalm 84, verse number 10. He said that a day in your court is better than a thousand, 
I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of what? Wickedness. So, listen, it's better to come to the house of God than to go to all those places that you call social gatherings and you want, and they say, some people, are, we must have a social life. If you're a Christian, your social life is the, is, is the people of God. It's true. What kind of social, do you want to go and drink whiskey? I said, do, I want to go and do bubra, go and drink bubra and things like that. No, and then go to a place where they are playing some music that is demonized. Yeah. Some, most of these worldly people, most of them, they join all kinds of occultic groups. I don't want to be mentioning names. But they join all kinds of occultic groups. So as you are listening to their music, you know, before they, their music comes to they invoke on spirit so that people will listen to their music. Why will Michael Jackson be playing music? His music causes people to collapse. Why would somebody's music let people collapse and all those things? There is something behind it. Amen. Just in the same way that when we also compose our music and we pray over it, you realize that it begins to touch the hearts of people. Yeah. So the music is a vehicle to transfer spirits. Music is a vehicle to stir up a certain spirit, the presence of a certain spirit. Music. There's a certain kind of music. As the music is being played, all of a sudden, you, you, you begin to have some sexual feelings. Yeah. There's some music that as they play, eh, Michael, no be so. Yeah, as they play the music. No. When people want to have sex and things, some of them, they play some music to create the environment you are looking at me like I am singing. It is a, 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 a an environment is created. Are you getting me? Yeah. In the same way, to uh, an environment is created for the presence of God to be released. One time, a prophet of God went to minister, and I said he asked for shaking himself. Charlie, nothing was happening. He said, "Call me a minister." And when the minister ministered, the spirit of God came upon him, and he began to prophesy. So may you be. A singer, as you begin to sing, as you begin to minister, that the presence of God will come. As you are worshiping God, may the presence of God begin to flow. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 22, verse 3. God inhabits, he stays in the praises of his people. He dwells. So when we come to church, Charlie, God is here. That is why you cannot decide to be doing yourself going in church. You are talking to God and look at them. Look at this person's dress. Look at this. Do you come to be blessed? You, you, you are not afraid of the anointing. You do not know spiritually what is going on. You do not know it. Don't come to church and uh, let your flesh be sticking out and now be comparing your dress to somebody, comparing your car with somebody, and look at this person and accusing all those things. When we come, let us come and look for mercy. Pastor Abiko, are you here? Look at me. When I'm preaching, don't look somewhere. Look at me. Amen. I'm talking to you. Just look at the person. And it's a spiritual principle. When somebody's preaching or ministering and you are looking at him, it, it's, there's an exudation of the anointing. When your eyes are somewhere, you are, you, the eye is a gate by which things will enter into you. Am I teaching you something? And I know I've talked to many men of God that as they kept, they, they, they were incessant in looking at even a, a video clip of a man of God, they became anointed. And I know I got anointed 
One of the ways I got anointed, by watching. So when you come to your house, except you don't like the preacher who is preaching, then stay at home. But if you like it, open your heart and open your eyes and show attentiveness that, hey, I have come to receive. Not from somewhere here, but from here. Am I teaching you something? Yeah. If somebody is talking to you and then you are looking to Eastern region, what's the meaning of that? Amen. Yeah, so show, show that thing. And one thing is that, you see, there's something known as a pool of ministry. Do you know the reason why most of the time, most resident pastors, they, they don't, oftentimes, they may not give as much as they have to give to their people because the people are not making a strong demand on his anointing. It's business as usual. We have come to Wednesday. As I've prayed, and I'm anointed. Are you getting me? Very, very anointed. But you can be sitting there in neutral gear, and so you cannot receive as much. But the same anointing, even probably less, I go to a place, and sometimes as I'm going to minister, place, there's some messages. He said, Reverend, we are, we are expecting, we are in a state of expectancy. The moment they say that, something begins to just stare up in me. And I say, hey! The people are expecting, you cannot go and open your eyes. So it, it makes me now say that, Lord, what is in me? I download what is in me. Yeah, as Pastor said, and Pastor Derek, at Hohoi, went to do a meeting. I finished, I was very tired. And as I finished, I was very tired. I saw a little boy, and then as I was going, you know, something just told me I should just touch the head and speak over the brain. And I spoke over the brain, not knowing the boy was not able to walk. And you know, for you to be able to walk, there's a brain center that connects to it spiritually. So as I prayed, the moment I prayed, this boy started walking the whole night. And the mother came under the anointing. Yeah. Under the anointing. It's a demand that they made. It's a demand that there was curfew at Kohoi at that time. 12 midnight. And police people, and yet they stayed around. Making a demand on the anointing. Amen. So you can have an anointed person. The Bible says that the power of God, Jesus was ministering, the power of God was present to heal and to deliver. The, but the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Pharisee and the Sadducee, they were sitting by and not receiving. Amen? So a day in your course is better. Hallelujah. And he said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house in, in, in the house of my God than to dwell in the tent of wickedness. That means that it's better to be in church than to be at a crossbow stadium. It's better to be in church than to go and watch an ass, whatever. Some people are not in church because they are waiting. They are, they are waiting for concern. For concern on an ass. No matter what they say about anybody, you don't gain anything. So why don't you be at a place where you gain? When you talk about somebody, what do you gain from the person? When you take telephone and call and talk about somebody, what do you gain? So why don't you use your time to do something that you will gain by being the presence of God, by praying and by studying and adding value to your life? Yeah. Hallelujah. Am I teaching something here? Oh, I haven't come to a spiritual fertilizer yet. I'm coming. I'm only giving you the basis of how, number one, before you add the fertilizer, the, ground, the plant must be solid. Can I have an amen? Just want it to be solid. In John 2, 7, 17, Jesus said, the zeal of thy house has eaten me up. If Jesus said the zeal of your house has 
eating me up. Charlie, the zeal of the Lord must eat you up. I said, it must eat you up. Next time, remind, remind me, I'll teach on the different types of soils. Hallelujah. And you must always know that the church you attend matters. That's what the church you, you, you attend matters. Uh-huh. And that's why you must attend the church where you are taught the word of God diligently. See, I'm taking my time to diligently give you scriptures. Amen. Not just to tell you stories. Number three, get rid of the weeds. When you are growing your plants, after you've planted, you must get rid of the weeds. Mm. There are people who are weeds. Oh. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. They are weeds. Genesis 13, 14 and 15. And the Lord said to Abraham, after that Lord was separated. Are you there with me? Let's read together. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lord had been separated from him. It means that there are people who may be in your life. So long as they are in your life, God will never speak to you. There are certain environments when you are in, you will never hear the voice of God. But as for you, may you hear the voice of God. When Lord God separated from him, God said, lift your eyes. From the place where you are, northward, southward, all the land that you see, I'll give to you. May the Lord give you a big land. I said, may the Lord show you glorious things. In the name of Jesus. You cannot be among the crowd and wear the crown. You got to separate yourself. In Proverbs 13, 20, he says that he that walks with wise men shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. So make sure that their company... What kind of company are you working with? Your company influences your life. Hallelujah. Hmm. Anybody who invites you to drink beer and alcohol, it shouldn't be your friend. It shouldn't be entertained. Anybody who discourages you from going to church or coming to church and serving God, and they are questioning you, is the church yours? Are you the only one who knows how to serve God? Are you the only one? It's a bad person. It's actually a demon who is in the person talking to you. No matter who, the, where the person can be a pastor, can be an apostle, can be a, a leader, can be whatever, devil is talking to you. Do you know the devil spoke through Peter? You have you seen Jesus face to face before? Me, have you seen Jesus face to face? Peter saw Jesus face to face and yet the devil used him. Easily. So the fact that somebody is saying in it, whatever he says, the source of it can be something else. Can I have an amen? Am I helping somebody here? So you need to weed out something. Sin is a weed. That's why sin is a weed. Do you know that weeds make plants unfruitful? Yeah. And darkness also makes you unfruitful. When it is dark, you cannot see well. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 12. Let's quickly work this out and then I come to my main thing. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 12. Hey, he said, For you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Hallelujah! Today you are the light. And so he said, What are children of what? Light. Amen. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So if, the, if you're a Christian, you must bear the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is what? Is goodness. It means that good things must be operating in your life. This year, may the Lord do you good. Amen. And may you begin to work good works. Amen. It is also in righteousness. Righteousness means uh, right living and in truth. Hallelujah. Next, next verse. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. May you, work, may you do that which is acceptable to God. 
Or it says proving what is acceptable to God. And the, the next verse, read everybody, read it with me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Hallelujah. Unfruitful works of darkness. Have no fellowship with them. So when people say, let's go and drink, let's go and smoke, let's go and womanize, let's go and do a little sakawa, let's go and do something. Listen, I know some people who are Christians, one leg is in the church, one leg is somewhere else. And you can do something, say, well, and the world we live in now is a world that, of materialism that when you have money and you have material things, you are respected. And people don't care, they don't care as to their source. But listen to me. If you use the wrong source to get your material things, you are selling your life unto the devil. Somebody was giving a talisman. Inside the talisman, they are written, Satan, take care of this guy until you deliver his soul to hell. So that as was, what he was wearing was supposedly giving protection. He was giving uh, business contact. He was getting money. He was getting cars. He was getting houses. He was getting things. But the end result was the destruction of his life. Be careful. Anything that does not help you to know God better, anybody who does not help you to know God better, any conversation that does not help your Christian growth, it's a weed. Cut it off. Oh, your amen has gone. Uh, hallelujah. Do not joke with it. Or do not. You see, listen, David was a wise person. When he was praising God, he was dancing, he was dancing, he was dancing. The wife said, Ah! How can the king try to make anything and be dancing before his, his mates like that? She was despising David in his heart. Anybody who despises your service. Listen, when I know that you, that people I've met, I've met, some of them, my wife's relations to certain people and go, when I realized that they despise the work of the Lord and all those things, I said, these people, out. I am not getting close to them, not even with a 20-foot pole. Anybody who is a mocker, mocking and making, listen, mocking you, eh, it will affect, it will affect your confidence. And it will affect your faith. And they'll make you believe that what you are doing is nonsense. Meanwhile, what they are doing rather is nonsense. Amen. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Last Sunday, a certain pastor came here and was telling me something. He said that he's, he had this uncle who, who lived outside the country, had a lot of money, a big time accountant, had everything and all those things. But he said that the last days of the man's life was a, was a sorry point to look at. He said when he attended the man's funeral, he said even though I learned many things about death and life, he said that day he learned a lot more things. Then he told himself that living without God and living without serving God in your life, it is a hopeless life. It's a useless life. You are useless if you do not use your life to serve God. You are useless. If you never got anything, take this home. If you think acquiring houses... What to do? One day you leave them. Even your children after your death will be fighting over it. Eh? Some of you are, you are young, so you don't know. Lots of these people, very rich people, they have died and their property is there. Their, their nieces and children, they are struggling and fighting. Yeah. All those things. So, may we... <laughs> Take
Tell somebody, cut off the weed. Anybody that is a weed, cut the weed off. Any dressing that does not help you, cut it off. Amen. And yes, even though the Bible says that we are to win the world, we are not supposed to be like them. Amen. Yeah. So you don't wear earrings in order to win a soul. You don't drop your trousers in order to win those who have dropped their trousers. Our power is not in our similarity. Our power is in our difference. Yeah. 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 The other time I told you that when you are fetching water, some of you, you, have not, you are city people, but when you have to go and, and fetch water from a, 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 a well, and then you, they, sometimes the bucket will just, the, the rope will tear, and then they fall in. Do you descend into the water, into the descent? You climb and say, I'm, I'm descending the well. No. You rather look for something and pull it. So you do not get in the midst of the people. You must be different. Find a way of pulling them out. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So you go to places here and say, oh, it's okay, just take a bottle of water, a, a bottle of drink. It's like a glass of, glass of beer, glass of whatever is wine. Wine is just, you know, Paul even told Timothy that for the sake of your stomach, just say, take it so that it will just, you know, equalize some things and deal with some things and go. You know, it's, it, is, it is a bait and it's a trap. And it will begin, it will begin your drinking spree spirits. Yeah. You begin to, from there you begin, you begin to acquire an appetite. Yeah. And before you realize, your life is going the wrong way. So, the first thing is that you need to abide. Tell somebody abide. Okay. Now that you have, you are abiding in the Lord, now you have to apply the fertilizer. Amen. Tell somebody, apply the fertilizer. Okay, now, what are the things that you do so that uh, it will not make you barren and help you in applying the fertilizer? What is the fertilizer? Second Peter chapter one verse eight. Second Peter chapter one verse eight. Second Peter chapter one verse eight. For if these things be you, Second Peter chapter one verse eight. We'll be playing around Second Peter. If these things are yours and abound. You will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do it in King James for me. Pure King James. Mm. Let's read together. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So is that somebody who doesn't want to be barren? I said, is that someone who doesn't want to be barren? Then these things must be you. Someone said these things. What are the these things? The these things. Still 2 Peter. The these things start from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. Let's start. These things. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. And beside this, let's read together. Beside this, giving, number one, all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge continue, and to no, and, and to knowledge what temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Verse eight. 
For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are the these things here? What are the these things? What we talked about? Give you all what? Diligence. What is that one? Diligence. Faith. Virtue. Knowledge. Temperance. Temperance is talking about self-control. Then patience. Then what? Godliness. Brotherly kindness and charity. Love. Hallelujah. Okay. So, what is the first one? Giving all diligence. So I say giving all diligence. That means that if you are, listen, if your plant is going to do well, there must be diligence. If your business is going to do well, there must be diligence. So it means that if your Christian life is going to do well, there must be what? Diligence. Hallelujah. How come that when we go to school, some people get grade ones and some people get grade twos? And some even threes. Some get A, some get B, some get Ds. Is the diligence. Now, what is the meaning of the word diligence? So, these things that we've talked about, they are known as spiritual fertilizers. So, it says spiritual fertilizers. So, the diligence, faith, virtue, knowledge, Temperance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and what? Charity, agapao. They form the spiritual fertilizer. And do you know that every fertilizer contains different nutrients? Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, molybdenum, boron, calcium, all those things. So you realize that these things, when you put it around your plant, the plant now becomes what? It grows well. The lack of a certain kind of you know, nutrients will show with a certain deficiency. So if you realize that when your plant, instead of having green leaves, it's now looking yellowish, it's suffering from chlorosis, it means that there's an insufficiency of iron. Are you getting me? Yeah, and all those things. So you realize that when certain things are not in your life as a believer, it shows in some deficiencies. But it says that if these things are in you, you shall not be barren. So it means that if these things will help us not to be barren, but rather to become fruitful, that means that we must give and have an understanding of what they are and then pray that we'll be able to walk in them. So I'm going to talk about the very first one. If there's time, talk about the second one and then we'll continue later. So the first one is diligence. So I say diligence. He says that giving all diligence. The word diligence means hard work. Someone say hard work. It means hard work. Amen. Giving diligence, hard work. The Christian life is a life of what? Commitment and dedication. You cannot be a Christian and not be committed. But most Christians are not committed. Once they did a research in England and they found out that some of the people who were the least committed in their, in their faith is the Christians. The other, the other faiths, they are more committed Early, somewhere uh, late January, early February, we were in Germany. Friday afternoon, we saw a lot of cars by, we're going somewhere. It, we're in a particular city, a lot of cars by the roadside. Yeah, yeah. And later we saw a number of people trooping. It was Friday afternoon prayer. And people have closed their shops to go to the mosque. But Friday afternoon, when customers are coming, will you stop it? Yeah. 
He said, oh God, you know, God, now you, now you understand. This is a time that people are coming. This is a time. So people cannot close their shops. They cannot close their shops. As if it's a shop that gives them energy. Give them oxygen. The work you do is only a platform to serve humanity. God is the source of your life. I am not endorsing laziness. But what I'm saying is that put God first. That's what the Bible says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What work didn't Steve Jobs do? He left it. There are many people who have left what they are. You too, what you are doing, you will leave it one day. Amen. Some of you, even for you, you use your children as an excuse. Listen to me. I have come to the point to know that you don't have to die for your children. Nobody should let your child, the behavior of your child or the lack of your child, whatever, kill you. Or stop you from serving God. You don't understand it. When you put your head on the pillow one day, you understand it. And you don't have to let your husband or your wife stop you from serving God and having your spiritual inheritance. Amen. Yeah. I'm telling you. Sometimes, some of the children, as you are struggling for them, as you are struggling for them, they themselves, later you said they are walking their own way. Ajua, Kwesi, Enko, yes, daddy, they have their own plan. As they have met a man, as they have met a man, you the daddy, you are no more important. You the mom, you are no more This is not my preaching for today. So, you know. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> you will be so neglected, you will be sorry. Play your role. Do your best for them. But don't let them, don't let them take you away from God. Yeah. Don't let them take you away from God. If it's your prayer time, pray. Whatever you have to do, do for God. You may not understand me today, but you will understand me tomorrow. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11, he says that, Romans 12, 11, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Say it together with me. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That means that the service of the Lord is a business. The work of the Lord is a business. Look at the diligence you put in your work. Pastor Johnny, when it comes to business, I can see that your, head, your face becomes hard. I've been watching you. Today I'm telling you. Because it, it amounts to your survival. Is that not it? That is why you think you get so... When it comes to... You see that the guy is there. Can't yeah, He's standing on his ground. Sometimes I drive with him and when he's doing his business negotiation, you see that Charlie, the guy is serious. You think he's a softy. He's not a softy. When it comes to business, he's a very hard, wild guy. And the Bible is also saying that in the same way too, you must not be slothful, you should not be lazy, you should be hard. You must be a hard Christian. Get you, don't be a soft Christian. Softies cannot make it. Don't be a gel. Don't be an amoeba. You've got to be a tree. And trees have got clearing karma and calling karma cells. And that is what makes them very hard. That's why to cut a tree, you need, you need an iron. That's why you need an axe. Pam, 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 pam. You must exert a lot of energy before you can cut down a tree. 
You must be solid. You are not a shrub. You are a tree. Amen. Amen. The, another version says, the New King James says that not lagging, not, oh, no, 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 no. Go back. Not lagging in what? Diligence. Someone say not lagging in diligence. When we say something is lagging, it means that it is behind. Is that right? It, it is, it's gone down. When, you, when you, you see the pylons, you know, electrical posts, and it goes like they say it's lagging. You know, it means that there's a declension. It's gone lower. It's sort of declining. It's gone lower. Do not lower yourself in diligence. But you must be fervent. Fervent in spirit means that you must be strong in spirit. Don't be a weak person in spirit. And I'm teaching you how to be strong in spirit. Because most Christians are weak in spirit. Amen. Amen. That is why you become so dependent. And that's why anybody can say anything and go. You must be strong in spirit. And rebuke forces. And deal with situations. And be strong. Hallelujah. Many years ago I went to a particular village. And there was a fetish priest. Who was bossing all over the people. The moment we stepped there he said... The, the fetish priest said, how come that you are walking in the land as if the land is yours? Because in the realm of the spirit, you could see that he has, he has met his match. We drove him out of the town. We prayed, we, we raised our hands. Then, bada, la, 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 bada, 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 bada. The next moment, he tried to do something. One of the days, he was trying to do his displays. He would shake himself. The spirit would not come out. He collected his sins and left the place. You should not lack in diligence. Now, what is diligence? We are going to get into that. Hallelujah. I said diligence means what? Hard work. And as a Christian, you must be what? Even though we are, we are, we are not saved by works, but we are saved by grace, Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, he said that work out your own salvation with what? Fear, with what? Fear and trembling. The word fear there means reverence. Amen. So, if you don't work it out, it won't work. Tell your friend, if you don't work out your salvation, it will not work. So, it means that there's a working part of righteousness. Amen. There's a working part. In Acts chapter 10, verse 35. Acts 10, 35. Acts 10, 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Do you want to be accepted by the Lord? Lydia, do you want to be accepted by the Lord? The Bible says that every nation, whoever fears him, God, and works righteousness, is accepted by him. Hallelujah. Tell us what you must work righteousness. Our righteousness is by faith in Christ. But after you are saved, the genuineness of your salvation is confirmed by your works. After you are saved, the genuineness of your salvation, Pastor Beku, the genuineness, the genuineness, the genuineness, the genuineness, my friend, the genuineness of your salvation is demonstrated by your works. Yeah. It is on one Raza. Our day who dare, once the year no, Erasum. If you have given yourself the genuineness of your faith is demonstrated in your works. That is why James said, show me what? Your faith by your works. Faith without works is what? Dead. So when you have now become saved, 
you, your, your faith is demonstrated in righteousness by how you love your brethren, how you care for people, how you pray for them, how, well, if you used to be selfish, you are no more selfish. If you used to talk against people, you do not talk against them. If you are a fighting person, you say, now, what? Once I was a sinner, saved by grace. Why was a sinner? Say, now, once you are a sinner, the things I used to do, I do them no more. The things I used to do, I do them. Great change since I met the Lord. Great change since I met the Lord. Great change since I met the Lord. There's a great change since I met. There must be a change. Amen. There must be a change. Yeah. I remember one of my brothers, uh, <laughs> he lives outside and we're just talking when, uh, 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 about two, three weeks ago. And he said, he said, the way when you're growing up, the, the way, you know, your discipline and everything. So we, we couldn't just come and talk anyhow. We couldn't just, you could see that after God saved, no mingling, no funny, funny behavior. They could go and bring some girls, they'll be smooth drinking. I said, out of that. If you say you're born again, how do you mingle with them? They are speaking coarse language. That, that, that joke is a bad joke. You are sitting, <laughs> spiritual tool again. <laughs> what, what is that? When people are talking about how you must, you must do your face campaign and say, I do not agree with this. They are laughing at pastors and they are laughing at churches. You too, you are there. You are laughing some and you are contributing. You are contributing. You see, some of us, it's because of us that our relations don't, are not even saved. Yeah, because everything that goes on in the church, you take it home. You go and discuss. So how do you expect your husband to be saved? How do you expect your children to be saved? You discuss the pastor, discuss the elders, discuss everybody's mistake. But the church is made of human beings. And as we come, the word of God is working on us. As tonight, the word is working on our lives. Including the pastor. So there's nothing that anybody, if somebody does something wrong, pray for the person. If you think it's an offense to you directly, you have to go to the person as scripture says. But do not take the person and go have a round table conference in your home or in your office and be talking about them. That's the reason why most unbelievers are not being saved. You didn't say amen. Yeah. yeah. When they say pastors are things, you never say that my pastor is not one. So this day the churches is all money. So when you even come to church, you have to steal yourself, hide. You, you, you do not let people even know that you, you, you go to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I teaching you something here? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, as a Christian, you must work. You must work on your life. Amen. Work to keep your marriage. Can I have an amen? Keep your marriage. It's, your, your marriage is not going to just happen because you are saved. It's not going to work because you are saved. It's going to work because you work on it. Why? Because anything left to succeed by, 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 its, by chance dies by certainty. <laughs> I say it again. Anything left to succeed by chance dies by certainty. If you think your business will, will just work by chance, it will die. If you think you will pass your examination by chance, 
it, it, it will die by certain, you, 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 will, you will fail by certainty. You have to keep, you have to work to keep the fire burning. Amen. Keep your Christian fire burning. Keep your home be, fire burning. There are many Christians, they start their Christian life by the backslide in no time. You must learn to maintain a good prayer life. Listen. If you're a Christian, you'll be tempted. That's what you'll be tempted. Yeah. You'll be tempted to steal. Eh? Has anybody been tempted to steal here before? Oh, don't act like... Uh, you'll be tempted to fornicate. Eh? Yeah, you'll be tempted to lie. You'll be tempted about pretty ladies. You'll be tempted to slander your neighbor. Yeah. You may even be tempted to be offended at your man of God. Is that not it? Maybe even the way I'm preaching, somebody is angry, say, why did he give this illustration? Why is it that when I'm preaching, whilst I'm preaching, I mention somebody's name. If I mention your name, it doesn't mean that you have done something bad. Maybe just, just to get your attention and just to even get other people's attention. Not even because you are not paying attention, but to get other people's attention. And just to show that if the, preaching is, the preaching is not impersonal. I'm preaching to people who are personal. That means that I'm preaching to human beings. So I am mentioning the names of the human beings. Is it helping us? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So you'll be tempted, but you must work out your salvation. It means that you must move away. Anything and anybody that moves you towards temptation, move away from the temptation. Anything that moves you into sin, move away from the sin. Anything that takes you from the gifted. If you have a friend who doesn't like going to church, stop calling the friend. Because you see, if you have a friend who likes going to church, the person will say, I'll be going to church. I'll be this, I'll be that. And for your information, listen, if you... It's time for you to come to church and you receive a visitor. Tell the person that I am going to church. You either join me or we meet later. Can I have an amen? Yeah. But you don't say, I didn't come to church because I got a visitor. So if you are to go to work, you say that because you got a visitor, you work at the bank or you work in the financial institution, you'll be sitting there. It shows your value. How much you respect the things of God. If you're traveling outside, KLM is waiting for you. You say, I've got the visa, so I'm sitting now. Aeroplane should be waiting for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man who excels in his work? Do it in King James for me. King James, because we are using the word diligence. We are talking about diligence means hard work. Seest thou a man diligent, hard work in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before what? Mean men. Amen? So it means that diligence in your business and the Christian life is a business will make you stand before king of kings and lord of lords. If you do, you are not diligent, you can lose Standing before God. Tony, if you are not diligent in your Christian business, you may not stand before kings. You may not stand before the king of kings. So it means that you must be very determined. Tell somebody be very determined. Yeah. And until you embrace hard work, 
Hard life will keep your company. Write it. Until you embrace hard work, hard life will keep you company. Pat, you didn't write it. If you want to avoid hard life, then embrace hard work. Until you embrace hard work, hard life will keep you company. You got to learn to pray for long hours. Amen. And praying for long hours is hard work. I told you Sunday that we are supposed to do Operation 210. Two means what? Two hours of prayer, ten hours, ten chapters of the Bible. It's hard work. It takes a lot of discipline. It is not that easy. Amen. Yeah. And you've got to do it. Yeah. There are some Christians, even putting in one hour of Bible study is a problem. But they can watch. They can watch. Be on social media. One hour, they are there. Some of you, I can see. Midnight. Midnight. You are there. 1 a.m., you are there. 2 a.m., you are there. <laughs> you even have all night on it. <laughs> so, we've got to be diligent. That's why be diligent. How do you be diligent in what? Number one, be diligent in preaching the gospel. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. Be diligent in preaching the gospel. See, I'm giving you a lot of things that when I say come and preach, you should be able to preach this. Be diligent in preaching the gospel. For you remember, let's read together. For you remember, brethren, our what? Labor and travail. For laboring night and day, because we will not be chargeable unto any of you. We preach unto you the gospel of what? God. Remember our labor and travel for laboring night and day we preach unto you the gospel of God. So you must labor night and day to preach the gospel. You didn't say amen. amen. Sharing the gospel which is a Christian duty is not it is not for convenient moments. Amen. amen. It is not for convenient moments that oh now they say we should go for evangelism and I have some spare time that's why it is not for convenient moments. Paul said that, remember our labor and travel. That means that they labor to preach. And you must labor to preach. Tell somebody, labor to preach. Yeah. We labor to preach. So, sharing the gospel. No, 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 no. You must work hard at yourself to do what is right. John 15, 8. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Herein is my father glorified that you bear my fruit. So how is the father glorified? By having houses, lands, cars. These are good things. They are not bad in themselves. So I believe in them. I want them. And I want them for you. Amen. And may you get the latest cars. And, and latest houses. Yeah, they are good testimonies. Because after all, if you are going to preach, we need money. Amen. And we need these things. But that alone is not enough. So what he's saying is that these things must be tools, must be things that we are using for the advancement of kingdom. But how is the Father glorified? That you bear much fruit. Tell your friend, the Father is glorified. When you bear, 
much fruit. Amen. So the sign that shows that you are a disciple of Jesus is that you are bearing fruit. So it means that if you are not bearing fruit, you are not a disciple of Jesus. What shows that mango, a mango tree is a mango? By bearing mango fruits. So what shows that you are a true Christian? By bearing Christian fruits. By giving birth to other Christians. Amen. What does it mean to bear fruit? In this context, it means to win souls. Tell somebody, you must be a soul winner. Amen. Any other thing that we do might be good, but the Father is not glorified in that. To stay a whole week, Hayford, without winning a soul, is not good. I was going to use a very strong word, but I reserve it for now. In Acts 2.47, Bible says that, Acts 2.47, let's read it. 2.47. Praising God and having favor with other people. And the Lord, let's read that part together. And the Lord added to the church monthly, quarterly, when daily, such as should be what? Saved. That means that daily we must bring new souls to church. One sign of a dynamic Christian and a dynamic church is that. The church is a soul winning church. That every, every service and every, every service, we have new people coming to the church. And every service, new people are giving their life to Jesus. If you have a company, don't you want to get new customers all the time? Yeah. God wants more souls and new souls to come. And we must get them on a daily basis. Which means that everywhere we pass, Francis, everywhere we pass, we must, the people we meet, they are souls for us. They are fish for the kingdom. That we must fish them. And Bible said that, I have made you what? Fishers of men. You are a fisherman. So, everywhere we are going, every opportunity. For those of you who are teachers, you've got a big opportunity. Your, 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 your students are your listen. And I did my service teaching. And by the grace of God, some of my students are doctors, medical doctors and all those things. And they have become Christians. This is, I even sent, even today, I sent one of them some of the messages. Are you getting me? Some of them are lawyers. Some of them are various kinds of things. But thank God that they have become Christian lawyers, Christian doctors, Christian engineers. One time, mommy went to a hospital, and then uh, the doctor came in there, and then when he saw Nest of Kingdom and saw the name, he said, he says, the reverend, whatever. He said, because of this man, I'm a doctor. He said, and mommy said, would you like to see her? And I was, I was out there at the OPD, sitting there. He said, yes. And the guy was excited. He's a born-again Christian, through and through. So, God is giving, wherever you work, Whoever you work for, it's an opportunity to minister the word of God to them. I had a teacher from Wales. When he came, he used to wear earrings. He used to smoke and drink. He and the wife. Wife, drink. Husband, drink. Smoke. Smoke. Earring. The man. Those days, it was not common for men to, to, for men to wear earrings. When he came, my teacher, sister, and would preach to him and laid hands on him. 
for him to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. Now he himself goes in the bushes to preach. Today he's a pastor. He became a missionary. He went to some parts of Eastern Africa to go and minister. You will never know what to work, who you are ministering to. So please, let us be diligent in preaching. Tell somebody, be diligent in preaching. Yeah, be diligent. Listen, this, the preaching of the gospel is the only avenue by means of which the spirits of men will be connected to the spirit of God. The preaching of the gospel. 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 Can I have an amen? I want to challenge you every Sunday. Every, somebody must bring somebody to church. Who in Koforidia was this sister? Every Sunday, you check visitors list. Who brought you Patotu? Who brought you Patotu? Who brought you Patotu? And God rewarded Patotu. She married a very rich person. I mean, physically looking, she was not, I mean, some wild looking person. But now she's looking very wild. When I say wild, I mean very beautiful. But that's what God, she didn't attend any of the supposed grade A schools. But the Lord helped her to go to university, did everything. What I'm saying is that when you are diligent in serving God, in bringing souls, and God is glorified by your bringing of souls, God will glorify you too. May your family be glorified. May your home be glorified. In the name of Jesus. Let me give you the next one you'll be diligent in, and then I'm done for today. Because Friday, we're going to be doing something very serious. Hallelujah. Mm. Tell somebody, be, be diligent. You know that it is only mature trees that bear fruit. So it means that one sign of your Christian maturity is when you are bearing fruit. If you do not win souls, it shows that you are not matured. Any Christian here that you are not bringing souls, it shows that you are a spiritual babe. But I trust that from today, you'll be, you'll be classified as a mature person in the house of God. Can I have an amen? Let's do this last one and we are done. Be diligent in prayer. Tell your friend, be diligent in prayer. Write the notes. Write the, if you are not writing, you'll be feeling bored and you'll be sleepy. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. I'm just giving you two scriptures in this and then I'm done. Or two or three and I'm done. Epaphras. Read it with me. Epaphras. Who is one of you? A servant of Christ salutes you. Always laboring where? Fervently for you in prayers. That you may stand what? Perfect. That you may stand. Oh, go back there. That you may stand what? Perfect and complete. Amen. So your prayer for yourself and for others is that may you stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Oh, you didn't hear me. May you stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Epaphras. Epaphras laboring fervently. It means that prayer is labor. That's why the prayer is labor. If you want to know about labor, ask the ladies who go to the labor world. You realize that I mean it is not a, it is sweat. Labor labor room is not drinking cappuccino. Labor room is not when you say, Charlie, can you give me some some uh, give, give me some uh, 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 some Milo or whatever? No, 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 no. Amen. And if we are going to get people to be saved, we've got to labor. Tell somebody labor. Galatians four nineteen. Paul said, I travel that my little. Tri- 
children, of whom I travail in birth again, that Christ be formed in you. I travail in birth again. That means that he travailed in birth for them to be born or to be saved. And he travailed again for them that Christ will be saved. So, so Christ will be formed in them. So, number one, you must travail for people to be saved. Get here, you get to me? So if you've got friends and relations, you don't say, oh Lord, just you know, this my friends and go, touch them and save them. No, no. That thing will not overcome their spirits. You've got to travel. Have some compassion and know that they are on their way to go to hell. And that may they be snatched. And your prayer of travail, kadaya, makoyaya, yabaya, daya, tayaba. Listen to me. The only way God is going to use you is when you have a heart of compassion and you travail. That is when the Holy Spirit will fill you up and God will use you for great things. Yeah. If you want to clap, clap for the Lord. Yeah. So, this is not that two by four. No, 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 no. Travail. As a woman, when they are going to give birth, this woman has a, a girl called Angel. How did the Angel come? So your your sacral vertebrae has to open here. Why didn't your hip bone has to open like that? And the small home has opened for a baby with some head. And sometimes they are coming, they are even tearing the place up. Yes. They are screaming and they are shaking. And the baby comes. Then after they hold it, splattered in blood. That's why. And after that, they have to work again. In order to wash the baby, nurse them. Shave the head of the child because some of them they come with double December head. Some of us, as we were coming, our heads were very dangerous. Our heads were dangerous. They, they had to use hot water and things. Some of them were coming come come with hammer heads. Come with hammer heads. You know, yes. Some of you, as I see your head, you see that. The Lord has done something. You have to go and thank your mother. You have to give your mother. And Oh, your, your mother deserves some accolade. <laughs> I say your mother deserves some accolade. Your grandmother deserves some accolade. Your auntie deserves some accolade. Hey! Today, look at you. You are looking very handsome. And you, you have forgotten them. Never forget the people that helped you to grow up. Never, never, never. The human being can easily forget about things. In their moment of needs, in their vulnerable moments, People help them, they can forget. When it is good with them and it is well with them, they are now going to look for their own. They say, and now I have a new whatever. So I'm, I'm now working with some new kind of people. You can have new friends, but never forget people who made an investment in you when you were nothing. When you were nothing. That's why it's a curse to forget your father and your mother. Whether physical or spiritual. You never forget them. Some people, as they start doing well now, they are looking for some big man of God somewhere. He said, a big man of God. When you were nothing, where was that big man of God? When you were nothing, where was that big man of God? And some of them, if they knew your state, some time ago, they will never look at you, even with the corner of their eyes. Yes. Yeah. 
Amen. My little children, whom I travel in birth until Christ be formed. You don't mean that traveling means that calling. That's why some of you, as I'm calling you, I'm traveling. It's work. Some of you, when I call you, you frown your faces. And you do expressions. Even, even the expressions on the telephone, I, I can feel it. And then you, you are walking with people say, Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I saw a cry. One day, somebody came to my house. And he didn't know that I had a camera there. So he pressed the bell. Then she started mm, 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 talking. When we talk to her, then she do I just. Mm, mm. Hey, how about so full of fear? You are entering a place of blood. You are doing. Sign what? And then when she met her, yeah, pretense. Then mommy said, all the thing you are doing, we saw it. The camera there, you, you chow. Yeah. Half of mommy there, she will say it. She will say, yeah, yeah, just act like a good boy. <laughs> she said, the thing you did, we saw it. The thing we saw it. You know, but it's, it's, it's not a good thing. So as we are calling you, we have a mandate to help that Christ will be formed in you. And Bible said, I travel, I work. So it's a work. That's why sometimes I'll call you. Have you done this? Have you prayed these hours? Have you done this? I'm encouraging you because I don't want you to move away and fall into the trap of the enemy. I want you to be strong. May you stay strong in the Lord. Amen. I said, may you stay strong in the Lord. Amen. So labor in prayer. Tell somebody, labor in prayer. Amen. You know, sometimes you don't feel like praying you. Do you have that feeling sometimes? Hey, sometimes the last thing you ever want to do is to pray. Especially when things are also not going well. One, one niece of mine, he said, Radiwan, I can't so I check. He says, You said it, but you have delayed too much, so I'm angry with you. Yeah, I have to call in and encourage her. I said, Come back. Yeah, so I, I literally had to call her to come very close to me. Are you getting me? To rekindle her faith. And whatever she wanted, God did it for her. You know, yes, you had to. So some of you, sometimes, I know that I can feel something. Sometimes I'll call you and then I'm trying to talk to you and all those things. But I may not be telling you what, you what you are going to so that I will stir up your wound. But rather to pray. And some, sometimes I do not say there are things that I'll just be praying for you but will not tell you. God says this. Even when God has told me. Because listen to me. It was not everything that when you are told, you must repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. Paul said, there are some things that were told me. He said that, Paul said that are things that I ought not to talk about. So it's not everything you must talk about. It's not everything that you see that you must talk about. When I was being ordained, one thing my archbishop told me, he said that when you see your, your pastor and he's even sinning, uh, sleeping with the woman, you haven't seen. He said, I said, yes, Papa. You haven't seen. He said, is he lying? Is he whatever? You haven't seen. Why do you want to rehearse wrong things? You haven't seen Travail that Christ be formed in you. Pray for your friends. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for yourself that Christ will be formed in you. Someone say prayer. Yeah. Can I have an amen? amen? Are we being helped? Yeah. Let me just give you the last scripture. Hebrews 5, 7. Concerning Jesus himself. He says that. Hebrews 5, 7. I'm finishing right now. Hebrews 5, 7. 
Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 7. Who in the days of his flesh, Hebrews 5, 7, when he had offered our prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, what was it with strong crying and tears? Unto him that was able to save him from death. And he was heard in that he feared. Amen. He's talking about Jesus that in the days of his flesh, are you in the flesh? The Bible says that in the flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. Somebody said, strong crying and tears. To him that was able to save him. As you are praying, you are talking to him that is able to save you. And he was heard. Listen, some people are too conscious of themselves in prayer. How can I be clapping my hands and be screaming? People will think I am mad. You are not mad. Amen. If Jesus cried out in prayer, there are times that you can only prevail by travail. Tell somebody you can prevail by travail. So you have to be there. Do you know why? Many years ago, I was somewhere in the Bitifi, Eastern region. And I was calm, we're praying. Then something was stirred up in my spirit to pray for my father. Then I started. And when I don't know what came up, I started praying. And this time I was jumping. I was jumping. And I'm sure that people were wondering, ah, this calm guy, how come that he's praying and jumping like a, 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 a kangaroo? No, knowing I prayed that till I had peace in my heart. No, knowing that time somebody was about to murder my father. He was in a dark alley and somebody took a knife. And then he said, something just told him to turn and lift his hand. And when he turned and lifted, okay. When he turned and lifted the hand, the person's hand was there. Then he held the hand like that. And he overpowered the person. So what was it? When he told me, and I asked the time, the day and the time I was just praying. That was it. That was going on. So sometimes the Spirit of God will wake you up. Pray for this person. He said, By the time you hear something bad, by the time you finish, finish praying, sleeping a little, so every time, and pray, travel prayer. Is that right? Listen, some of the things also that we need, which by God's grace, Friday I'm going to teach you. Friday, do not miss. Friday, we are going to have prophetic prayer. And I'm going to be teaching you on how spirits operate through animals. The spirit of the leopard. The spirit of dogs, wild dogs. When I talk about wild dogs, I'm not talking about Alsatians and Dobermans. There are some breed of dogs known as wild dogs. In the same. And I'll teach you on that. And how they relate to us and how we are going to deal with them. We are going to deal with some things on Friday. Can I have an Amen. But traveling prayer, traveling prayer, traveling prayer. When you do this, you'll be solid, you'll be strong. Amen. Amen. And God is going to use you and anoint you. My prayer to God for you is that the Lord bless you. The Lord anoints you. The Lord calls you to be stable and strong in his, in his church. That the Lord God calls that you will live by his word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you win every battle. I said, may you win every battle. Yes. 
May God give you the upper hand. As we have stepped into this man, any flame of fire that the devil wants to set around your life, we command that fire to be quenched. We quench every fire. Any animal spirit to spring a surprise on you, we overcome that animal. We overcome that beast. We overpower them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Any evil mask they try to put before on your face to stop people from favoring you, to stop you from being chosen. From today, may you be chosen. I said, may you be chosen. May your company be chosen. May you be chosen as a next wife. Be chosen as a next husband. Be chosen for international doors opening. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We remove every mask. We remove every evil description. And we pray that may the hand of God rest and abide upon you. May the Lord anoint you and use you. When you speak, maybe for signs and for wonders, may God use you to draw many people into his house. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody say a big amen. Amen. Hallelujah.